Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing tonight? You know, I think I'm doing better than you, all things considered. Uh, I hear you're a little, a little sick. I am, dude. I'm a little under the weather. Like a cold, uh, a Captain Cold hit me. I'm, I'm, I'm under the weather wizard, if you will. It's, it's, it's pretty rough, man. Uh, shout out to Will Benson for providing that pun for me. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, you, you better you better get props to my boy there. No, no, no. I'll, I'll call out a Benson like like you might call out a Kobe. I'm, I'm saying that was a Benson right there. But regardless, uh, yeah, man, it, it hit me a couple days ago. So I have been like conserving my voice. I've been drinking hot tea. I've been trying to drink a lot of water. I've been whispering when I've talked to almost everybody for the sole purpose of this broadcast tonight, for this podcast, man, because I'm ready to get hyped for this show. That being said, you might have to do some of the heavy lifting here, man, because uh, I got water, but my voice may go out. But I do want to apologize for any new listeners. I promise my voice is far more melodious than this, uh, or or at least oh, it's it's just chocolate. It's like velvet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very velvety chocolate, as opposed to right now where it's like deathbed. In fact, somebody actually asked me, they were like, hey, you know, are you do you have that cool, raspy, you know, sexy voice going and I said, no, it hasn't gotten to that level. I'm more of like deathbed, struggling to breathe voice. <laughs> so uh, Hospice care voice. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week I'll have kind of the cool baritone thing going, but that is not the case tonight. Uh, but man, tonight we got, we got some fun stuff to talk about. Of course, I should mention that we are broadcasting live via Facebook at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Shouts out to everybody who's able to join us here live. And hey, if next week after the Flash you want to join us, that's the place to do it at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. All right. Are you ready, man? We, we got a huge episode to talk about. A lot of fun speculation, a brand new character. You ready for this bell? Let's do it. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode three of season five, the death of vibe directed by Andy Armaganian and story by Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza bell. What happened this episode? Well, the team recruits Harrison Sherlock Wells to help them catch Cicada. 
Meanwhile, Caitlin and Ralph confront Caitlin's mother, who denies forging her husband's death certificate. Wells pinpoints Cicada as David Hirsch, but is proven to be wrong when Cicada attacks Joe, looking for Vive. Caitlin and Ralph break into her mother's files, where they find a suicide note from her father. After Cisco shows up to save Joe, Cicada stabs him, breaking his arm. Barry arrives, but is easily defeated without his powers. After Nora enacts her plan to drive Cicada off, it seems as if Cisco has been killed. It is later revealed, however, that Cisco used a breach machine instead of his hands to escape. Caitlin discovers a hidden message by her father, urging her to come and find him. Later, it is revealed that Cicada is a father whose daughter is in a coma, and he is a metahuman with healing abilities, but has sustained an injury that seems not to be healing. Dun dun dun! All right, so, okay, where, where do you even begin? I, I, I kind of feel like we have to begin with the new man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Earth Unspecified, Sherlock Wells. Sherlock. 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 Come on. I have traveled across the multiverse to help you with your <laughs> problem with Cicada, and you cannot even pronounce my name right. I know I'm doing a much worse French accent. <laughs> no, but hey, Kevin, uh, that's just that's a bad our Earth French accent. But maybe on his Earth, that's how the French talk. Ah, we oui, we. Oui. Yeah, multiverse uh, MacGuffin there, or uh, Mulligan rather. It's uh, it's it's all good. He's fine. Uh, no, but before actually we we talk about Sherlock Sherlock Wells, uh, we got to talk about we got a return of Hair Wells. Yes, we did. The the Andy Warhol Wells, as oh, I like to call him. Yes, oh, the Flash, oh, Mrs. Flash and Kid Flash. Ah, oh, man, Hair Wells. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, it's it's like they just they just channeled uh, Tom Cavanaugh just channeled Andy Warhol. Like I, I I imagine that when they're coming up with ideas for like, you know, okay, we need a new Wells. They just they just say Tom, just do you and bring it to rehearsal and we'll roll with it. And <laughs> I feel like all of the Harrison Wellses are just that. Man, you know what? That'd be great if there was like on a, a DVD extra or something that's like behind the scenes and it's just Kavanaugh like like busting out various forms of wells. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, it, yes. That would be amazing. That'd, that'd be great. So that's the, that's the thing. I mean, you mentioned already that Sherlock has the, the French accent or the, the pseudo French accent, which is, you know, for, for a lesser actor, I would anticipate that accent would go away over the course of the season. However, I'm, I, I trust Tom Cavanaugh. He's going to he's going to rock that accent nonstop for his entire duration as Sherlock. Well, I will say this. It got better over the course of the episode. At first, I couldn't quite place it. And then uh, after like a couple hours, I think it was like, is this is this an Irish Sherlock Holmes? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I, uh, after a couple more lines and everything, and it was like, oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. So, I, yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely something I think that improved over the course of the episode, but once he got it down, it seemed to stick and it seemed to work. So, I mean, so Harry will always have kind of like a top tier, like soft spot in my heart. Like to me, he's the first real Harrison Wells that we got a chance to deal with. I know that we saw the, the earth one Harrison Wells in a flashback, but we really got a chance to know Harry. We saw him evolve. You know, he was, what seems to be the closest thing that our Harrison Wells would have been had he not been killed by Eobard. And so like, you know, from that standpoint, he'll always be kind of in the, in, in, in the council of Wells and the hall of Wells fame, if you will, uh, he'll always be kind of uh, up there at the top. That being said, I think that Sherlock may actually be my favorite. Wells. I, I really dug him, man. He, yes, he's kind of a, um, I don't want to say a sleazebag because that's not true, but he was definitely trying to pull one over on the team flash. But at the same time, he's got the goods. We saw that he actually is a legitimately good detective. He's just also an efficient businessman. Well, I think on some level, all Wells's are kind of like not skeezy, but sort of, you know, like, uh, uh, scheming. Uh, 
Perhaps. scheming. Yeah, they're they're scheming, you know, and and they 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 kind of like since they're smarter than everyone, they sort of look down on everyone, and it takes a while for them to open up to the team, right, and to and to realize value in people that aren't Wells's. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like you know he was taking them for a ride because he felt it would be an easy paycheck, and he has what nine wives, two of which are the same, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> same yeah. woman. So his second yeah, he, and his sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, and he is, uh, you know, Wells's are usually out for themselves until they go and join Team Flash, and then they're able to kind of, you know, learn teamwork and learn the value of other people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I, you know, it, it did actually kind of make me. Uh, you know, the, the council of wells, I was always, was never what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, and it's great for what it is. It's always a chance for Tom Cavanaugh to stretch his acting abilities, but it, it almost became more of a, well, I mean, it was, it was, it was more of a joke than a serious thing or organization or anything like that. However, this almost kind of confirms that the council of wells has continued on in the sense that all the wells are maintaining communication with each other. If hair wells is actively you know, uh, he knows exactly who to contact because he knows the wells with the right skill set. It, it means that these guys are all still in communication with each other. I I would love to see a more serious take on the Council of Wells. You know, obviously it's inspired by the Council of Ricks from Rick and Morty. And, you know, I would not be offended if they leaned really hard into that. And actually we saw a, a citadel of wells, if you will, or some sort of <laughs> well, thing. I think what we're seeing is uh, to, you know, to parallel Rick and Morty, this would be when Rick first figures out interdimensional travel, finds his other people, and they're starting to realize, you know, that they're the smartest person in the universe. And then the Rick and Morty that we see is, you know, a couple decades after that or whatever, when that's all been established. So right now we're seeing the beginning of the Council of Wells. And who knows? In a couple seasons, there might be, you know, the, the, the wells at all. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Citadel of Wells. What would we call that? But yeah. Uh, it, yeah, Wells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I mean, like, and speaking of special places, I mean, like we, we've got to make, we, we got to talk about this too up front. I mean, the opening sequence, actually seeing young Nora walking into the flash museum, the establishing shot, seeing that star labs in the future is in fact the flash museum. Uh, something that I don't know, even, even when they did the kind of flash to the future or, or that kind of, uh, at the end of season one, I don't believe the Flash Museum that we saw then was Star Labs. I think it was a building that more reminiscent was more reminiscent to what uh, exists in the comics and the video games. Whereas this is the Flash Museum of this Earth, which makes sense that it would be, uh, you know, Star Labs. Yeah, and they finally fixed the roof. I know, I know. I really hope that we. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so hoping that we they they utilize the assets of that establishing shot so that we could finally see the roof. <laughs> Why? Why, Barry? It would take you less than two seconds. Well, it's a matter of money. I'm sure. You know, they don't want to like bankrupt themselves fixing the roof. But yeah, it it was it was funny because when they showed that shot, I was like, wait, this is different. Something is wrong here. The ceiling is fixed. <laughs> What's going on? And then it showed, of course the flash museum and yeah that was super cool to see but you're right it was different than the ones that we've seen in previous uh you know previous episodes where you know barry's traveling through the speed force and he sees the more standard museum looking comic book style museum and uh yeah it was kind of interesting to see that this different take for this earth and uh they tried that already you know to, to make a museum out of star labs and uh now it finally you know, seems to take off in the future here. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, to many extent, to, to to a large extent, HR laid the groundwork last season 
Uh, and I think we speculated pretty hard that, that what he was building towards was going to be a flash museum. Um, now to see it here in action, beautiful, uh, you know, the hall of villains, this is a location by the way, from the comics. This is, this is canonical, if you will, this is connected to the uh, flash museum in, in the comics. And so to see all of these artifacts over the course of the series displayed in such a way. Now I, I went over this a couple of different times and aside from the fact that we got a lot of Easter eggs from what's come before, even kind of some deep cuts, we actually had the mask that Jay Garrick, the Jay Garrick of Earth 3 wore when he was, you know, the man in the iron mask. Like that was actually in there, which is odd because you wouldn't necessarily attribute that mask to a villain per se. That being said, I didn't see anything that was necessarily new. I believe from what I've seen so far, and y'all correct me in the chat if y'all, if y'all caught anything. But from everything that I saw, it was all artifacts that we've seen over the course of the series thus far. That's what it seemed like to me as well. I was kind of looking um, for, you know, hints at other characters and like, you know, future rogues and stuff like that to pop in. But uh, upon my my first initial viewing, I didn't really see anything. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and look and see if we can find some, you know, something wild to speculate on in there. But for the most part, it looked like, yeah, these are props that they've used in seasons past, which, you know, it makes sense from a production standpoint, right? Uh, to use all the stuff that they had before laying around to, to flesh out this hall of villains. So yeah, it, it, but it was really cool to kind of see all that stuff sort of there and to see the flash museum for the first time ever. And Karen's saying that, uh, it's called the, the rogues gallery. I mean, I know we call them the rogues gallery, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the show in the, in when she walks in, it's called the hall of villains. Like that's what the sign says above her. I, I could be wrong on that. So if I am, uh, that is my bad, but Anyway, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing all the costumes displayed as well, absolutely gorgeous, and uh, great, great throwback. Man, I actually, I felt very vindicated in that we actually saw Heatwave's gun displayed prominently there as a villain's artifact, as it should be, because he's not a hero, even if he is a legend, he's not. Well, he never claims to be one. He just claims to be a legend. I know, but I'm just saying. And, oh my gosh, did you see the season? Sorry, I got a tangent here for a second and, and plug my own show, but uh, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow had one of the best season openers I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I have not seen it yet, but I'm sure it, it's great. It is brilliant and it's fantastic. And if you guys like Legends of Tomorrow, you should check out Legends TV Talk. Uh, we record live on Thursdays uh, at 7. Shameless plug out of the way. Um, yes. So, so yeah, so we also saw that, you know, Cicada uh, was a little bit different from the villains that have come before, at least in the quote unquote original timeline, The at least the original timeline that Nora is from. Cicada was never discovered. They never figured out who he was. And essentially, he is this serial killer who's gone around and killed Metas. Uh, and there's kind of this creep factor to him because there is so much unknown about him. Now, the episode is called The Death of Vibe. And I, going into this episode, Bell, did you think that we were going to actually see The Death of Vibe? Oh, uh, I mean, absolutely not. I, I, knew, I knew from the get-go when they said The Death of Vibe that he wasn't going to actually die. Yeah, but, but like, but did you, so I'll be honest, man, they had me. I thought they were really, really? about to go full on game of Thrones and either kill Vi, like maybe it was going to be a bait and switch. Like they were going to kill him, but they were going to kill Joe. Uh, and then when that didn't happen and he gets stabbed, I thought for sure, I was like, I can't believe they're taking vibe out. Cause I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. There's a ton of characters on screen you know, you got all of these different stories and, and these these character arcs that you're trying to manage. At some point, people have got to be killed. And I I, I don't know, man. I, I They had me there for a quick split second. 
So I thought, if anything, what was going to happen uh, was that there was going to be some sort of permanent effect to Sakata's blade, and uh, that vibe, the superhero, would be no more, but Cisco would not be dead. Ooh, like, I thought that's the absolute most that they would go with that, is that they're going to permanently take away Vibe's powers, or permanently in the sense of a comic book, right? He'll get them back when he needs them, when the plot <laughs> demands it. But uh. Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if if the end game here was to convince Cicada that, in fact, Vibe is dead, from a practical standpoint, Vibe is kind of benched for the rest of the season, or at least until they're at a place where they're, they're comfortable that, that he's not, that Cicada's not going to go after him again. Right. Yeah, and he, he keeps getting injured, right? So like his his arm being broken, I'm sure, is going to prevent him from uh, from you know making portals and stuff like that and breaching, uh, because the cuts on his hand seem to affect that as well. Uh, so I, I if the cuts are going to affect it, I'm sure a broken arm's going to affect it. So yeah, I mean he is pretty much effectively benched, like you said. So uh, whether or not Cicada will buy that and you know stop hunting him and you know go on to other metas remains to be seen but yeah it seems like cisco is out of the game for now we also got a continuation of the sad sco at the beginning of the episode he's still very much broken up and brokenhearted and completely sloshed for half the time uh his his weapon of choice looked to be a vodka martini was it yeah and uh he must have water restrictions in central city too and he just has to be you know forced to drink alcohol instead of water <laughs> don't drink and vibe guys don't drink and vibe <laughs> yeah. so uh but yeah so ultimately of course he he does not uh he does not get killed uh fortunately he he lives on i loved by the way that we're establishing a an instant connection like it's almost like cisco knows up oh, it's a new wells I, I'm gonna be like annoyingly friends with them you know like i'm gonna like here's the new guy that i'm about to be a reluctant friend of <laughs> yes it was so great somebody's like you know <laughs> iris blushing when uh you know uh uh um andy warhol wells is like oh you look so beautiful and everything she's like oh my gosh she's like guys he's a jerk come on <laughs> and so yeah he's begrudgingly uh going to be friends with this guy and he knows it too and you can tell but like you got to work out that sort of uh uh a, you know, you got to grind it down until it's smooth, right? So <laughs> that's that's how that you know he always starts out that way. So he knows it's going to be bad for the first bit until they can actually like have a breakthrough and be friends. But uh, <laughs> Cisco being a realist, I guess. I don't know. I mean, this Sherlock overall does seem a lot more likable in general. So I would not be surprised if if he and Cisco actually, you know, we we can kind of skip a lot of that uh, tension and and they end up getting along pretty well. Uh, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Now you mentioned, of course, that Harrowell's. Uh, made mention of the the lovely lovely Iris West Allen, and Sherlock Wells also made an observation about Iris as well that she recently had a tattoo removed of an old boyfriend. Now, Belle, we have only ever seen her with one other boyfriend. Now, granted, I'm surely she's had other relationships, but does she have Eddie's name tattooed on her somewhere? Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. I mean, I <laughs> how recent was that removed? Well, here's the question. Did she have Eddie tattooed on her or did she have Thawne tattooed on her? Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Like that's 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 a pretty like, you know, your your husband's biggest enemy. You have tattooed his name. Granted, not his name, but like. No, it is his name. name. No, that is. If it's Thawne. It is. It is. Yeah. It's his ancestors. But but like but it's you know, it's 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 his ancestor. Yeah, but still, that's that's a yeah. man. Wow, wow, Bell. So, I love that theory. I love that theory <laughs> that it is actually Thawne that was that was tattooed as opposed to Eddie. But the question, the question though, is that Barry would have noticed this at some point unless she had it removed before. 
and that's been a while so i want to know yeah that was that was kind of interesting i mean that might be uh um, was it a place that barry's never seen on her which i i, I, I mean I, mary I, come I on yeah uh so 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 let me let me just let me just say this i mean like you know some would say she got it removed others might say she had it reversed Hey-o. hey oh that's good that's good <laughs> Anyway, so yes, um, we do actually see a continuation of the family uh, dynamic, the family unit adjusting to the new normal with Nora being part of the picture. Uh, We also see Nora, you know, continually being more connected to Barry. At one point, she pretty much kind of cold shoulders Iris, giving Barry a hug and ignoring her. And uh, I mean, you know, I I know that they have said or it has been uh, revealed that this kind of tension is going to work itself out pretty early on in the season. Which is good. I mean, that's something that, for the most part, Flash has been really good about in terms of like not taking all season to deal with some of these interpersonal relationship issues. But I mean, I gotta ask the question, Bill. I mean, like, do you have any kind of thoughts? What, like, at this point, from what we've seen this episode and and before, like, what's going on between Iris and Nora? I I don't know, and I don't want to say it right now, just because I think that might be something that I'm going to uh, speculate, speculate on about. later. Yeah, me too. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, more Iris yeah. talk to uh, to come later in the episode than it sounds like. Uh, but but let's talk about Nora because obviously she um you know she's been dealing with a lot of baggage. The reality that this timeline has already been impacted by her being there. Now it hasn't been something as seismic enough to call in the uh you know the the Dementors, per se. Uh, however, it is having an impact, and and this is the biggest thing that has come so far with the early appearance of Cicada. Um, you know, she's got a lot of a uh, lot of emotions that she's trying to process with this, as she's also trying to come into her own. Now, a big moment for me uh, this episode was actually Harewell's calling her Kid Flash. Bill, do you think we'd ever see Nora as Kid Flash? <sighs> or do you think she's excess for the entire series? You know. <sighs> I don't know because it depends on which direction they kind of go with it. If it's one of those things where uh, through some sort of timeline trickery, she's either unable or unwilling to go back to her timeline. Uh, maybe she stays on as Kid Flash because she's literally the Flash's kid, and that kind of makes sense. <laughs> it would make sense, uh, yes. <laughs> so I, I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, and perhaps when um, the reconciliation between Nora and Iris happens, that she gives her a new moniker maybe of kid flash Ooh, interesting all right so so i, I you know i like that that there's a kind of a, a nice emotional connection there um you know i i kind of see excess being the television series version of impulse um i'm actually kind of surprised though that they, they, they didn't call her impulse if they were going to go full on this this route but of course bart allen uh who's the who's barry's grandson would have been kind of the the child Flash of the future who comes back. He's known as Impulse, but he would go on to become Kid Flash, and then ultimately he'd go on to become the Flash. And so it would be, I'd almost be kind of surprised if, because now that we've got Nora, that we also have like Nora's kid also come back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would be a little redundant to tell that story again. So to me, she's kind of become the Bart Allen of this series. So to have her kind of take on the Kid Flash mantle and and even rock, you know, kind of the yellow, uh, red Wally costume and everything, I think would actually be a really, really good move for her. On top of that, you know, I miss Wally, but I also just kind of miss Kid Flash. And XS, while a cool name, a great nod to the comics, 
that's not the sidekick of the Flash. So if she's going to end up sticking around for long term, man, I, I want her to be Kid Flash. I think that'd be cool, but uh, I have to go back on what you were saying saying earlier about if Nora's kid came to visit her because of something that happened. And she, <laughs> <laughs> I just think that'd be really kind of funny. <laughs> she, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't think it'd be. I think it'd be a, a nice little kind of you know one episode sort of thing. Yeah, Barry and I were like, we got we got these kid, we got we got this kid, we got this grandkid out of nowhere. We haven't even gotten pregnant yet. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, you know, three generations of Allens just show up. <laughs> <laughs> family reunions at the Flash family, man. It's just massive. When they haven't even had kids yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm your like great, great, great grandson. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, who are you? I'm his kid. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, who's so who's that child running around? Oh, that's our grandfather. He was brought in from our great. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. What's, what's he to me? Like, I, he's your grandfather, but what is yeah. he to me? Like, yeah, I don't, the, I don't think <laughs> the Flash family reunion has an entire whiteboard with a whole like, graph. <laughs> Instead of like, you know, hello, my name is. It's like, hello, my relation to you is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, well, yeah. So, of course, we um, we also got a uh, a deeper dive into what's been going on with Caitlin, man. It has been forever since her story has really gotten some much needed attention. And I'm kind of digging this dynamic that she has with Ralph. And that's coming from me. And that's surprising because I figured you would hate it. But yeah, like I, like I said, new season, new Ralph. And this is, you know, him turned around and I really like it. And uh, it's, it's you know, Sherlock kind of pointed out where he was like, you know, oh, and we have the uh, the newborn giraffe. Baby <laughs> giraffe. Called him. Yes. Baby giraffe. Yes. The baby giraffe. Uh, and I think that's kind of funny how, you know, he he's uh, he's always been sort of. Uh, protecting himself and putting on this air of confidence and whatnot when when in actuality ralph is more of like you know he's a sensitive kind of like <laughs> you know that, that that's that this is this is my extrapolating what they're trying to tell me not not exactly what i think about him but you know there there is this side of ralph that we have never seen and i think that's what they're trying to to build up to and and, and talk about here and it is nice to see him with caitlin because caitlin also has another side to her uh which she's trying to get back yeah. and so there's there's this nice parallel there between this new side of Ralph that we've never seen and Caitlin trying to find, uh, you know, parts of her life that she has never uh, found before. So we also get a return of Caitlin's mom, who is very cold to her. Yes, we are going to say that. Uh, and also, you know, it, it's I mean, it's very clear to me. I would imagine it's it's clear to everybody and intentionally. So she's covering something up. Yes. And uh, it might be something we want to speculate on. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what it is. Well, okay, so no, no, go ahead, go ahead, mention it now. Okay, well, yeah, it's it's who her dad is. Her dad's, I'm sure, a criminal. Uh, uh, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the name right but now. But do you think it's Icicle Senior? But do you think that Icicle he's? Senior. Do you think that she's like, like he's out there hiding and she's helping him, or do you think he she's trying to keep Caitlin away from him because she's worried that Caitlin's going to go down that same path? Exactly that. Yeah, it, it, it's the icy cold exterior to her daughter to try and protect her. It's it's that it's that that's the thing. It's like she's hiding the stuff from her daughter because she is worried that her husband uh, is a bad person and that Caitlin will go down that path. And so uh, she like, you know, her uh, Caitlin's mom knows about Killer Frost. She knows that that's in her daughter and she doesn't want her father to, you know, bring that out and either exploit it, uh, which which is a possibility. Right. Like, you know, the the message is like, Caitlin, come find me. But we don't know if that's like a 
you know, I want to see my daughter because I love you. Or it's like, I want to see my daughter because I want to start a, a crime family kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, knowing Caitlin's mom, to me, it's more of I am doing this to protect you because I am worried about what your father will try and convince you to do. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of leaning in that that way, too. I, I'm you know, we've we've talked about the idea that, that Caitlin needs a mentor, like a villainous mentor. You know, at one point I really wanted to be Captain Cold. But I mean, her father, uh, that kind of familiar family relationship, uh, especially with the specific powers as opposed to just the affinity for cold things, might be a far better evil Obi-Wan to her, you know, especially since they're connected. I mean, like, you know, we we kind of assumed that they were going to have this like abusive relationship. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't know about you, but like, I certainly assumed that, you know, she was going to have this this very kind of aggressive feelings towards her father and that we'd kind of uncover a lot of trauma in her background from that standpoint. But from the sounds yeah. of things, it's actually, they had a really good relationship. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it seems to me is like, uh, my guess is that most of the stuff that her dad did that was bad was hidden from her. Mm. And so she only knows the good stuff. And like, that's again, her mom protecting her. Um, and, and so I, I think that's, there's going to be this, like he's, he's, He's going to come across as a loving father because I think, you know, ultimately he is a, 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 you know, he wants to be a good father for her. But like his morals might be twisted in a way that, you know, he tries maybe not, not like, you know, tries to manipulate her or whatever. But it's like, yeah, I do these things because I have these powers because, you know, it, I'm a I'm a the the, the Ubermensch, if you will. Like, sure. We, we're better than than normal people. So the rules don't apply to us. And I don't think he's going to be like any sort of abusive kind of thing. But I think uh, that it's, it's going to be hard for Caitlin to kind of reconcile the, you know, this, this loving father image that she had growing up and the man that her father is now. Uh, I, I feel like that's kind of the way that it's going to go. Yeah. And so the, the, the struggle is going to be on her to either accept her father as this, you know, villainous guy or to redeem him maybe uh, as kind of like an anti-hero, sort of like Killer Frost was last season. Interesting. Well, we will definitely see because uh, that that storyline is is getting, like I said, some much needed attention, and especially now that she's able to team up with Ralph and and kind of have this side plot. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Now, man, we got to address um something real quick here that I think Twitter has definitely noticed. I I certainly noticed. I think I noticed it last episode, but this episode certainly uh, confirmed a theory uh, that or, or or perhaps a a reason for theories. And that is that Joe has been sitting down in every single episode this season. Hey, have you noticed this pal? <laughs> really? Like, well, so uh, every scene he's in, he's sitting down yeah. or like first episode, we, uh, the thing goes by, then where, where do we find Joe? He's sitting down in the, in the loft. Second episode, he's having all these heart to heart people while he's sitting in the exact same dad chair. And then this episode, he gets attacked and held down and he's like just in that chair again. So what, what's up with Joe? Is he uh, is he pregnant? I mean, did did, quote, did Nora ba- Le- break the the timeline that bad? <laughs> I mean, to quote Lethal Weapon, he's like, "I'm too old for this bleep." <laughs> Could be. So he's, yeah, so he's just I don't know. He's just chilling out. That is interesting because yeah, this entire episode he was sitting down. But I thought at one point he was standing up when he went to go take. No, no, he was sitting down. When he they went found up him the stairs, the but it was from behind, and like it wasn't necessarily. It, him. it was a body double. Yeah. I, Maybe that's part of his contract this season. Is like, what did y'all do to Jesse? What did y'all do to Jesse? Y'all break his legs? What'd you do to him? I know. We got to find out. Yeah, you don't come at Papa Joe like that. We'll we'll take you on. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> gotta gotta make mention of that. Uh, Cicada, we do see, that, of course, like you said, that he is a father. 
Uh, he's he's got a wound. Whether or not that wound came from this battle or something else, yes, it does look like there is a lot of negative speed force running through it. But who knows what that actually is? Uh, now, man, you know, you mentioned up front, you know, there's there's some speculation we got to get into this episode, and and that is absolutely true because at the end of this episode, Sherlock and Nora have a bit of a heart to heart, where Sherlock points out the oddity of Nora coming back so many different times and being involved at so many different points over the last season but not choosing to get you know, active until the satellite. And so he's starting to think that maybe she's not working alone, that somebody specifically informed her or encouraged her or maybe demanded that she go and in- involve herself at that specific moment. And that's going to lead us to this week's... Speedster Speculation. Or perhaps we should call it Sherlock Speculation. <laughs> hey Bell, um... Who is Nora working with? Well, I guess, first of all, do you think she's, do you think Sherlock's onto something that she is actually working with somebody or somebody might be working through her? Uh, she definitely did not make that decision herself. It was all over her face and that was intentional, right? For us to have this segment right here, uh, we have to speculate <laughs> right, about right. what, what is she doing? And Sherlock is definitely onto something and he know, I don't, I don't mean, maybe he doesn't know yet, but like he wanted to see if she would be forthcoming about it. Um, because every, every other scene where he was, postulating about different things about different people he got it right and he knew the answer already you know uh but this one i think he's playing it close to the chest because he doesn't really know the ramifications of what might happen if uh you know if if this stuff comes to light i'm guessing Mm -hmm. i don't know because it wasn't like one of those you know he says oh yeah because you know you're you're uh you've been drinking a lot and you've been crying so obviously you broke up with something it wasn't like you didn't make that decision on your else because something else, blah, blah, blah. He was like, did you decide to punch the thing yourself? Yeah. I Just mean, to gauge your reaction. Exactly. Right? He's gathering information. Yeah. So, so he hasn't figured it out yet, which means we're not going to figure it out for a while. But um, she's definitely working with someone, and I don't know who. I'm thinking. Say it. Maybe Iris. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so I've got two theories. And one of them is definitely Iris. Talk to me about your theory here. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of piece it together, but it, it it's along the lines of, so there, there's a rift between Iris and Nora. We know that. We see that. And uh, it seems to have a lot to do with Barry's disappearance and her being raised by Iris. So I'm wondering if it's something... Or, or, or maybe it was Iris told her not to do it, and so she resents her for not letting her go in and, and change the timeline. But then again, we don't know the result of what would happen if he didn't hit that satellite, right? Well, so that's the thing. We don't know what specifically, why, why specifically that incident. That, that, that we have no idea. But, yeah. you know, I do wonder if Iris really put a lot of pressure on her to break a rule that she knew her dad would not want her breaking, right? The idea that, that, you know, Iris kind of almost put pressure on her, like change the, change the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is when, you know, this, this is the moment which kind of, you know, put things in motion that, you know, did something, something bad or something of that nature. Who, who knows what it could be, but regardless, I'm wondering if because of the pressure that her mom put on her to, to take this action. And on top of that, she's seeing the, the fallout, of of her interference so she has this personal guilt but she probably also has this resentment for her mom who forced her to do it in the first place right i mean forced is a is a 
Strong word. Well, uh, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, put put the pressure on her to do it in the first place. Like, bring the flashback kind of thing? Yeah. Or, or something of that nature. Now, that's one theory that I have. And, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I Who knows what's really going on? But that's one theory. The other theory I have is that, and I know, I know you all know what I'm going to say. because It's when, Eobard Thawne. It's, it's, it's Eobard it Thawne. It's Eobard <laughs> Thawne. It's as plain as the tattoo that used to be on Iris. It's 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 Thawne, man. It's <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. I'm wondering if, in fact, um, Eobard has like maybe maybe not intentionally. Like I don't think that Dawn like like Dawn. I don't think that Nora knows or or would even be aware that she was being influenced by Eobard. She might think this is somebody else that is convincing her that she needs to do this. But I'm wondering if Eobard is utilizing Nora to make subtle tweaks in the timeline so that he can restore his bloodline, thus securing his existence. What if Eobard took Iris's body like he's done before? <gasps> and that's why no. Nora doesn't like Iris because Iris is actually Eobard. No, come on, stop. <laughs> you don't you don't believe that you're just making fun of me listen listen no hear me out on this because i i really i think there might be something here if you think about what eobard did in season one he was he was conscientious of of not making too many changes to the timeline but at the same time he did right he took over as wells and he moved up the timeline to create the flash in his original timeline the timeline that existed prior to his involvement the flash wouldn't have shown up for another like five ten years as you yeah. may recall. And so this idea of making subtle tweaks that, you know, move things forward and have events happen earlier than they would have, that's an Eobard thing. So I'm thinking, man, that all of this is happening as a result of Eobard using Nora to unintentionally on her. I don't think she's evil. I don't think she has nefarious whatever. I think that she is being used. I think that Eobard is trying to restore the timeline. He's trying to restore his bloodline. And I think he's going to use Nora to some extent to do that. I mean, it's interesting. He's got to come back at some point. I mean, he is the Flash's greatest villain. You can't just have that, you know, have one, uh, have him be present in one season and one crossover episode, right? Yep. So, uh, and I mean, I just think it'd be, it'd be nice to see, you know, a, a developed, you know, well-rounded hero Flash at full power fight a reverse flash also at full power and just, and just like, I don't know, that'd be really awesome to see. And so we, we haven't seen that because, you know, season one, Barry is very different from season five, Barry. Uh, so yeah, and maybe it's in the works and I, I would hope so because I think that'd be really nice and really nice to see. Yeah. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what comes. We want to hear from you. Be sure to do uh, tweet in your thoughts to us and uh, let us know who you think Nora could be working with or for. All right, man. So we've got uh, we got something we gotta we gotta address. We gotta talk about, and I don't want to talk about this too much. But it's it's one of these things that's like all over Facebook, all over Twitter, has been for the last couple of weeks, and that is you know the the crossover episode uh, that's coming this this season. We 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 all know at this point. I don't think this is too spoilery, but you know what? Maybe I should just go ahead and say spoiler warning for the next few minutes. If you want to skip ahead, you know, probably five minutes, you're fine. Um, we're not gonna dive too deep into spoilers outside of. Uh, normal promotional stuff. Uh, but yes, okay, there you go. You've been warned. 
Okay, so the the crossover belt, Elseworlds, has been the title. We've known this, but we're starting to see some images. Now, I would say it's almost impossible to be a fan of the show and not see the behind-the-scenes images. There's so much about this crossover that has been spoiled for me. I'm kind of upset about it. But the biggest thing that was kind of the huh type moments is the official promotional material that came out showcasing a Grant Gustin in the Arrow costume and a Stephen Amell in the Flash costume. Elseworlds, baby. Elseworlds. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm really I'm stoked for this. Like like seeing Grant Gustin say you have failed the city is going to be a big moment. Oh, yeah. It, and it, it's crazy to me how uh how good grant looks in the green arrow costume and how just weird and awkward Stephen amell looks <laughs> in the flash costume <laughs> it's like this is how you fill out a costume right here yeah yeah i know it, it's crazy because like you know Stephen amell is jacked right and so uh it just i don't know grant just it just looks more flashy to me in that in that costume it, it's it's interesting I'm i'm really stoked for it um you know the reality, though, man, is that, like I said, there's been so many different uh, set photos. Um, there have been so many different moments the, with, with various actors that are going to appear and the various way in which they're going to appear that I'm not even going to say right now because we have always historically on this show only ever discussed what has been officially promoted out or what's like directly on the, directly on the screen. Like, I don't, I, you know, I, I like kind of staying pure from the here's the behind the scenes stuff because a it never looks as good as it does on the main screen and b you know let's 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 enjoy it when it happens and so yeah but, but yeah but there's 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 one photo though that we can't talk know, about Steve, it. we can't talk mean, about it no we can't I'm talk so about excited it. for that i know me too me too and here's the thing but this is this is this is the thing everybody who knows what you're talking about and when i'm talking about has seen it and they're excited about it too and we could say that without anybody having to know what 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 it is if they don't want can it. I, I just want to say that i'm excited about it but i kind of wish i hadn't seen it because that's I, what i'm saying that's the biggest I, thing that i'm upset about is that like that's yeah. a huge that's going to be a huge deal yeah. and and why would you but i mean at the same time it's it's people are snapping photos Stephen amell did the thing and you know obviously the actor that's wearing that thing that he's wearing is not shying away from saying like yeah baby so, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But one way yeah. or the other, I'm super stoked. Elseworlds is going to be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, if you if uh, there's, there's so much to get hyped about it, locations in which they're shooting, so much to get hyped about. But I really don't want to spoil it beyond what's been officially shown and announced. And that's all I'm going to say about that. This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. And you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback. Uh, let's see. This first one comes in from your boy, Will. What did Will have to say? Oh, there we go. Sorry. Um, that last exchange this episode between Sherlock Wells and Nora has me thinking, is this a plan her and her fu- uh, and future Iris came up with together? And that's why she's been giving Iris the cold shoulder because she knows her mom uh, might figure it out and mess up the plan to save Barry. Or is this more of the twin direction? I can't decide. Hmm. I, you know, I was thinking for a second that maybe they'll throw in the twin angle and that the other twin convinced her to go. Cause may, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a situation where Nora has powers and the other twin does not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking the same thing. We're on the same brainwave there with the Iris connection. So, but that's an interesting I, I, idea is that she is distancing herself from Iris in order to prevent Iris from convincing her 
in the future to go back and do it because Iris right now would be like, no, don't change the timeline. Iris in the future would be like, yeah, change the timeline. So yeah, there, there, there's a, huh. there's a mismatch there of ideas. So could Iris know, Iris knowing future Iris tells Nora to go back in time and punch the satellite, change history because present Iris wouldn't want to do that in the future. Mm. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Time travel, man. Yeah. We also had uh, Mark uh, Viberts or Vibert, uh say um, hashtag find McSnurdle with an image of Stephen Amell promoting out a picture of him and his small turtle. Uh, you got <laughs> you got me on that because at first I was super stoked that this could be the Elseworlds connection type deal and maybe they found McSnurdle on the uh, on a different Earth. However, no, that's just a Ninja Turtle thing. So, no. no. Why, why would you do that to me? Why would you do that to me, Mark? You got me so excited. <laughs> but yes. I mean, we know you're listening, Flash Riders. Bring back McSnurdle. I'm I'm hoping like we need Nora to address McSnurdle. Like, didn't y'all have a didn't y'all have a turtle back here? Like y'all used to y'all, no? It's like I've seen everyone except for McSnurdle. Where's, Where's McSnurdle? McSnurdle? Yeah. Uh Justin Atlanta says, uh, what if Nora is standoffish towards Iris because Iris remarried? Ooh. Ooh. Maybe she remarried Eddie because he came back from the future. Or maybe she remarried Oliver Flash from that Elseworlds place. Hey oh. Mm. Who knows? Uh that's a good one. I don't know. Actually that 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 could make for a lot of interesting drama. I I'd, I'd be Absolutely. I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out. Uh and then uh, we got a, an iTunes review as well from Surprised Girl. What did Surprised Girl have to say? Uh great and logical approach. The way the episodes are talked about is great. The character breakdowns are good and also the knowledge of the comics is a plus. Speedster predictions, that's speedster speculations, mind you. <laughs> it's my favorite segment of the podcast. Safe listen, no matter what character you like, which is also a plus. Well, thank you, Surprise Girl. We appreciate that. Yeah, we try to. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, uh, even even this season, I'm I'm being being nice to Ralph fans because Ralph has been nice to me this season. So, uh, it works. New out season, well. new Ralph. Hashtag that. Uh, let's not. Uh, so yeah, so great, <laughs> great feedback. <laughs> thank you all so much for that. And hey, uh, if you've not done so already, head over to iTunes and write us a review. We're getting pretty close to being able to send out a free digital comic, uh, and we want to do that to you. We. Uh, Choose somebody at random. Every single time we get a multiple of 10, send over to iTunes, get those reviews in. We love it so much. We also really appreciate those of you who are making this show happen via Patreon. Patreon.com slash TV Talk is a place to go to help ensure that this podcast comes to you every single week without fail. For as little as a dollar per episode, it makes, I mean, honestly, this show would not exist if not for our patrons. So big shouts out to everybody who is making us happen there. Uh, please join the force and uh, and yeah, be, be really awesome. Be, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate that also you can follow us uh, throughout the week on twitter you can follow our personal accounts ring that bell is bell at the real bow york is me or of course at flash tv talk and if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com that's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y dot com and for the latest news and daily discussions on all things flash be sure to like our facebook page at facebook.com slash flash tv talk and special thanks to Charlie Bach who provides some of our music. You can find out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And a shout out to all the great DC TV podcasts. Like, for example, you heard a little one called Legends TV Talk. If you're enjoying Legends of Tomorrow, be sure to check out that show. Supergirl TV Talk. You got Starkville House of L for the new Krypton series and so very many more. Uh, those folks are great. We love them, and so should you. <laughs> Look, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thanks so much for uh, geeking out with us, and until next week, we'll be back in a flash.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.